Before we get started, a quick word about our no-ad subscriptions. We're not supported by anyone but you. We don't get Zuckerbucks. We put a lot of effort and money into building a global company, all the way from Ukraine to Taiwan. We bring reporters from around the world the best news you will find anywhere. So please support us with our no-ad subscriptions. Go to the top right of any of our sites, and it'll say subscribe with no ads. There you'll find, for 10 bucks a month, access to all of our sites with no pop-up ads on your phone. People love it. So please support us. We need your help. We really do. It's expensive what we're doing, and we need to grow to save the Republic, and we can't grow without support. So thank you very much. Welcome back to Pacific SITREP. We're back with Colonel John Mills, who's been traveling the world. Welcome back to the show, sir. Hey, Todd. Thank you. Always an honor to be on your show. Thank you so much. Well, you're the co-host, so uh, thank well, you for your help. Yeah, Todd, we have a, a very uh, serious situation uh, in the Yellow Sea, which is the sea. It's really that big uh, <clears throat> bay area up in uh, kind of the northeast of China. <clears throat> it looks like we have a lost nuclear submarine, a Chinese lost mm -hmm. nuclear submarine. And this story first came out in August. And when it first came out, I mean, I'm on the Committee on Present Danger. We talked a lot about it. It just it just didn't seem And the original report placed it right in the uh, uh, right in the Taiwan Straits. Hmm. Now, the Taiwan Straits uh, are really not that deep They're I think the deepest point is maybe 600 feet. Uh, nuclear attack submarines can go uh, a lot deeper than that. Yeah. So Putting a nuclear attack submarine uh, uh, in that area, you're really you're risking a, a high value asset. And in in wartime, uh, there's going to be mines to the north and the south, probably played by, placed by Taiwan. They might be there right now, uh, and and America and other allied partners. And that's going to be a kill box. So putting a nuclear sub in there is high risk, uh, even in peacetime. So it just the story didn't quite make sense. Uh, but the story continued on. Lots and lots of back chatter from different Chinese expat groups, postings on X, po uh, a lot of uh, YouTube videos, a lot of great detail. And I, I have a lot of confidence in these Chinese expats because a lot of information gets out of China. And I think they were on to something, but the, the original story didn't totally make sense. But now it's come out <clears throat> that uh, the, no, the Chinese Defense Ministry denies this, but there's a lot of other reporting that up north in the Yellow Sea, a Type 93 nuclear attack submarine of the Chinese ran into and became fouled. And apparently uh, you know, the, the, uh, it immobilized the submarine and the crew perished uh, uh, in their own un undersea netting that they had placed as an obstacle to trap a uh, an American or a, a Brit uh, nuclear attack submarine. Uh, so very, very ominous, uh, and, and, and it appears uh, uh, that the reporting, I, I think some de something definitely happened. Do you know if the sub was recovered? Do you have any information on that? Uh, it appears, so I don't, there's no chatter yet about a recovery operation, um, you know, which they bring in a number of support vessels with uh, uh, drones and even manned submersibles. Now we have... Uh, we used to have some, they were called DSRVs, Deep Submergence Rescue Vehicles, where we could fly them anywhere in the world in 24 hours to launch a recovery. Uh, they, these could go underwater, mate with one of our submarines, and extract yeah. crew. 
Um, I don't think the Chinese have that capability. There's, there's little chatter and knowing the Chinese, they probably would just let the submarines stick because they don't want to attract attention to such a significant screw up. Right, right, right. Now, now this brings up, uh, now the submarine was identified as uh, uh, four, uh, uh, type 93 uh, serial number 417. Now that's kind of interesting because I'm looking at a public listing of the, of the type 93 attack boats which are not as good as our Virginia class, but our predecessor class, the Los Angeles, they're, they're as silent and capable assessed to be as our previous Los Angeles class. Um, this numbering sequence started at 407 and they're only assessed to have six boats in service, which means 413, but this boat is being continually identified as 417. So, Somebody either, you know, some there's either a typo uh, or there's intentional misinformation or there's more nuclear attack submarines on the Chinese side than we are, uh, than public sources uh, have identified. Uh, and these are all made at the Bohai Yard up north in the Yellow Sea. And the Chinese have been trying to create a bastion, just like the Soviets did during Cold War days, a bastion where the Yellow Sea is impenetrable to any submarines from uh, America, the Brits, the, the Japanese, the South Koreans. And the South Koreans and Jap Japanese uh, have a substantial submarine force. So they're trying to create a bastion to keep out uh, our submarines. But it also begs the question, um, our own bases, the lost art of submarine netting. I mean, you can remember grainy black and white films from World War II where we yeah. We had submarine netting, and that's a lost art form. A lost art form. Now, you know, the the primary British base at Portsmouth has a physical barrier over the harbor entrance, kind of a World War II thing. But they maintain it to this day. Why? So that doesn't frogmen, uh, uh, you know, seals, uh, drones don't sneak in. The the Ukrainians. Uh, uh, not taking sides in any way in the conflict. The Ukrainians have done an excellent job with uh, relatively inexpensive drones uh, in shellacking the, the Russian naval bases on the Crimea and their dry dock. They just blew up a Kilo-class submarine in the dry dock. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think British SBS and SAS Special Forces have been helping them, which I think is, is wrong and, and an overreach. Uh, but uh, it, our bases are vulnerable, and so we need to get back into the game of netting obstacles. Pearl Harbor, no, nothing over the harbor entrance. Apra Harbor in Guam, nothing over the harbor entrance. Hmm. That's a great point, for sure. So tell us about the book before we move on to the next subject. Thank you so much, Todd. The book is out, uh, War Against the Deep State, waragainstthedeepstate.com. And uh, it's my time uh, as part of the interagency team to create the mass surveillance system in 2007 and 2014. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, it was created for good purposes, a mass pervasive enduring uh, collection system that was supposed to protect Americans against the foreign extremist threat. So it's about this, how it's been weaponized against the American people and then the unlawful fourth, fifth and sixth branches of government the administrative state, the fusion of federal law enforcement, intelligence, and big tech, and the nonprofits, and and the action plan to take them down. Thank you so much. Well, that's that's uh, obviously 
on everybody's mind as Speaker McCarthy gets ousted and maybe we have a, a chance at, at doing exactly what you're talking about by getting Trump in there. So that's very important. So uh, you also wanted to talk about Panama. Tell us about that. Yeah, I think one of the important findings, and I put it on my Substack, uh, Colonel Rhett John's Substack, is um, the DJI drone situation. Now, there apparently is what's called geofencing. DJI are the, is, the, is a Chinese company, the largest maker of consumer-grade drones in the world. Uh, very likely, if you have a toy drone at home, uh, it's not a toy. These things are incredibly advanced. And uh, believe me, I understand the DJI architecture network and what they're up to. So uh, there's a geofencing over the canal that it appears that DJI is operating this and is intertwined, is operating this on behalf of the Panama Canal Authority. What could possibly go wrong here? Well, this is possibly, uh, especially if they're intertwined with the ACP, the Panama Canal Commission, uh, Commission network, that very means they likely have uh, elevated uh, administrative privileges into the ACP network, the Panama Canal network. So what? Big deal. Who cares? Well, that's a big deal. That means if yeah. they're in if they have access into that network, that means they have network visibility on the operations of the entire canal, just like the spy cranes that are at each end of the canal at the Chinese-operated ports. So they, they can see the surveillance system, the, the CCTV system, but wait, there's more. That means they probably can see the status of the water levels, which are all important. It's right, we were talking about that before. Yeah, gravity-based system. It, it, it depends on the freshwater in Lake Gatun, Madame Dam, and the new locks take a, a lot more water with every flush. All that fresh water goes out into the Pacific and the uh, Caribbean, and uh, well, so maybe they can just tweak those pumps and uh, valves and gates and caissons and just let a little more water leak out every time imperceptibly. I'm very concerned. Well, DJI is a flying vacuum cleaner of intelligence. It's like a digital flight recorder in a modern aircraft. There's hundreds of data elements that a customer can select on their digital flight recorders, hundreds. And uh, so it's far more than just airspeed, azimuth, things like that. Right, right. Uh, 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 it's all these data elements. I mean, it's voice conversations around the drone. Guess what? That's all getting sucked up and sent right into the, the servers in Shen, Shenzhen, China. So DJI is a front for China. They're connected to Huawei. They're connected to the state security apparatus, the MSS. With DJI drones, very likely they are inside the network of the Panama Canal Authority and can make things happen at their will. And as you were saying, you, we put it up on armedforces.press where uh, they could shut down the Panama Canal and shut down, what was it, 40% of our shipping, something like that? Yeah, our economy, uh, you know, we're in the 30 to 50% range depend on that canal. Our Navy depends on that canal to get over to the Pacific. That's 50% of our Navy. 10% of the entire, the entire world's trade, it's 10% doesn't sound like a lot, but that's the entire world depends on that canal. So, uh, so every, you know, one, at one out of 10 things for everybody on this planet depends on that canal. Huge, huge. Gotcha. Driver. 
So before I let you go on this, Joe, I just want to do a quick plug for a book I just released. It's called Paying the Price, the Untold Story of the Iranian Resistance. If you want to know what the U.S. government does not want you to know about or the mullahs don't want you to know about, it's the one group, the mullahs fear, the MEK, the Mujahideen Kalk. I spent a lot of time with them in Albania, in their camp and in their camp in Paris. And uh, this is the true story of the resistance for the last 40 years against the mullahs. You can get it at historyofbooks.com. And uh, if you send me an email, I'll send you a signed copy or you can get it anywhere books are sold. So with that, anything else, Colonel? <clears throat> oh, Todd, uh, that's great. Uh, that, that sounds like an awesome book. Awesome book. Thank you. That's good. Uh, that's it for this week's Pacific Sit Rep. We'll see you next week. Take care. Take care.